Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Live, live, live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. I think this is a very reasonable conversation. This is the Rich Eisen Show. We have been kicked in the nards. So many times. Mm-hmm. The Rich Eisen Show. But there is no doubt this is the best Jets team and chance to go deep into the playoffs. This is real. Earlier on the show, NFL on Fox analyst Greg Olson. Still to come. From NBC Sports, Peter King. Actor Joe Lotrulio. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. We've got some phone lines open, uh, and we'd be thrilled to chat with you here. Hour number two on this Monday, meaning Chris Brockman's going to give us uh, Overreaction Monday coming up. Correct, Chris? You got everything all lined up? Correct. Very good. You ready to overreact to a bunch of stuff? I will play armchair quarterback. We do this every single Monday on the show. Highly popular segment, if I may say so myself. We're turning it into a podcast every single Monday. Go to wherever you get your podcasts and uh, obviously subscribe to this show all three hours every day on the Cumulus Podcast Network. Same thing with Overreaction Monday. Um, Susie Schuster and Amy Trask uh, on Tuesdays will be having a podcast every single week called What the Football? And um, (laughs) that's going to be dynamite. Um, is every single time that Amy and Susie hang out here on this show. WTF. We're bringing it to a podcast form. Again, uh, give that a subscribe, why don't you? Hour number three, Joe Latrulio, my buddy uh, from back in the day. We're in a fantasy league together. He's a diehard Jet fan. We're in that boat together. He's joining us in studio, hour number three. But joining us right now, it's been a while since uh, this gentleman from NBC Sports and Football Morning in America, the must-read column every single week. It's great to have Peter King back on the program. How you doing, PK? Rich Eisen, man, I, I was I was worried about you with your with the flooding, with the earthquake, yes. with the lightning, with the thunder. Wow, how's it going? I'm indestructible. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> I knew you were. You know, I'm just you know I'm yeah. feel, I'm feel I woke up dangerous. You know, so did Mother Nature. But we're good. Thank you for asking. Yeah. Greatly appreciate it. Um, so what are you gleaning from Seattle? We just had Greg Olson on the program, and I forced him to choose a team in the NFC that would cause him and Kevin Burkhart to not call the same matchup in the NFC Championship game again this year. He chose Seattle. What are you gleaning from your visit? Yeah, yeah I think I think Seattle is sneaky, dangerous. Uh, I went to their game on Saturday night, and – Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to be a problem. Hmm. And uh, he's, I think he's going to make instant impact. And uh, so, I, and I think Geno Smith, Rich, as you know, you can't, nobody is a fluke if you do it for a full season. He's no fluke. This guy is a good NFL quarterback. And so I would agree with Greg. I think, I think they're going to be a dangerous team, and I think, look, everybody looks at the NFC West and hands it to San Francisco, totally understand that, 
But as I wrote in my column today, you know, the 49ers, every single year except 2019, it's the seventh year of Kyle Shanahan slash John Lynch, every single year uh, except 19, they've had a massive quarterback issue or issues. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you never can tell what might happen, but I think Seattle is uh, going to give the 49ers a run for it. What is going on with the 49ers quarterback situation? And it sure looks like Purdy uh, is no worse to wear. Um, Sam Darnold and Trey Lance flipped when they appeared in preseason games over the last two weeks. What is uh, the status as we're entering the third and final preseason week? I was at the first practice that Brock Purdy worked for a third straight day mm-hmm. since he had that surgery back in March. And uh, and I wrote about it in my column today. He, he made a beautiful laser throw in the red zone uh, for a touchdown to Debo Samuel, uh, you know, in the practice that I saw. He, he told me afterwards, got no problem with his arm, feels absolutely fine. They were a little worried because he got the surgery delayed because the swelling took so long to go down, over a month. And so, but he said, absolutely, I'll be fine for the start of the season. And now Rich is the guy who played, started 47 games you know, in college football in a power five uh, at a power five school at Iowa State. So he's got plenty of experience in last year. Everybody knows in the games he played at least three quarters, he was eight no. And so he's he's the guy. The question is, who's number two? And the day I was there, Sam Darnold takes the second snap at quarterback, the second series of snaps at quarterback. And Trey Lance was third. My guess is, and Lance can do something about this because he played well the other night. But my guess right now is that Sam Darnold's going to be number two. Peter King here on the Rich Eisen Show. What's going on with Jonathan Taylor and the Colts, Peter? What's happening there? Well, I mean, Jonathan Taylor obviously is really unhappy with his situation, as are many running backs in the league. And the funny thing is, is someone there said, it, it's so uncharacteristic of Jonathan Taylor to not be like the mayor of the locker room. You know, he's a, a great guy. Uh, everybody loves him. Everybody in the organization loves him. But this year he came back angry. And I just think, Rich, this has all the, the look to me of a situation that three, four days before the start of the season, they're going to find a way to shuffle some money to Jonathan Taylor so that if he's not happy, at least he won't be miserable. And so I think Chris Ballard is too smart and too good a general manager, despite their recent record, to to allow this thing to fester in the season. I, I just think they're going to find a way to uh, – to build a bridge before opening day. Well, the thing is, you know, that would make complete sense, obviously. But the thing is, and we don't know if this really is going to matter, but they, they've they missed a training camp with Jonathan Taylor and Anthony Richardson, and maybe they missed it because he's on the physically unable to perform list rather than the physically unwilling to perform list. That stands yeah, to the test yeah. of time here. But, um, you know, 
So is Ballard kind of having a behind the scenes with Jim Irsay, whose comments in the golf cart coming off of the the bus um, still resonates, Peter, right? About- yeah, I mean, I'm, look, Chris Ballard knows that Jim Irsay is going to say what he wants to say. <laughs> he always has. He always will. If you're going to work for the Indianapolis Colts, that is something you just have to take. And I think he is just trying to massage it. Uh, and I don't believe that Jim Irsay is going to be talking about this anymore. It doesn't make any sense. Jim Irsay loves the Indianapolis Colts, and he understands now that what he said put a couple of logs onto the fire. So I'm sure I, – I shouldn't say I'm sure. I would be surprised if, uh, if Jimmy says anything more. And uh, I would also be surprised if – Chris Ballard can't figure out a way to build the bridge. Well, Ursay did appear in the booth during the preseason game uh, this weekend and had verbal bouquets. You know, it was completely different than the, you know, than yeah. the, you know, we could all be dead tomorrow. And if we are, it doesn't matter because the NFL is going to go on. You know, it was um, a totally yeah. different tune. So you think that um, when it's all said and done, that's kumbaya, at least to the point where Taylor is happy to. I mean, to, you know, if you're, if you're Jonathan Taylor, You have to look at this bad situation, which you consider a bad situation. Yes. And you just have to ask yourself, am I going to make it any better by starting to give up game checks on September 10th? And he's not going to make it any better. So I think he's probably going to just sigh, breathe deeply, and make the best of what he feels is a bad situation. Peter King here on the Rich Eisen Show. What is your sense of Joe Burrow's readiness, Peter? I don't get any sense. As a matter of fact, I talked to his dad the other day. He doesn't know either. I think he's <laughs> everybody seems everybody seems to be confident that uh, whatever it is now, twenty days from now, that that Joe Burrow is going to be playing football. However, however, the way that the Bengals operate is. They're not going to have Burrow limping uh, on opening day. They're going to wait. And, and obviously, you get in a pretty big hole, not just for your division, but for playoff seeding in the AFC if you come out and lay an egg without Joe Burrow against the Browns on opening day. But they will not rush Joe Burrow. And the head coach certainly will not rush Joe Burrow. Mike Brown's not going to rush him. So I I am in the same boat as you, mm-hmm. and most of the people love the Bengals. It seems logical to think that he'll play opening day. I would think it's 75-25 that he'll play opening day, but none of us have any sort of inside knowledge on what the calf feels, feels like exactly today. Peter King here on the Rich Eisen Show. Do we have any sense of what Russ is going to be in Sean Payton's offense? Have they held stuff back? What do you got for me here? As this is a fascinating story with Sean Payton back in the NFL and Russell Wilson needing to have a, a bounce back season in the worst way, I would say, Peter. I, I think Sean Payton has basically, in what he said, even after his apology, uh, to Nathaniel Hackett and to the New York Jets. I think even after that apology, it's very clear why he did what he did, and that is to say, Russ, me and you against the world, baby. 
And so I will be surprised if Russell Wilson doesn't have a significant comeback. And, Rich, the reason why Sean Payton took this job, other than you could you could <laughs> make light of it and say, well, there's 19 or million, 20, yeah. 19 or 20 million reasons a year for the next five years why he took the job. But I don't think he was going to take this job if the quarterback of the team was John Doe or the quarterback of the team was what they had in their recent history. I think he's only going to take a job if there was a quarterback that he felt that he definitely had a chance to win with. And I've had enough off-the-record conversations with him uh, you know, in the last few months to know that he really thinks that Russell Wilson is salvageable and is going to be okay. So as to, as to for what they're doing right now, I believe if you look at Sean Payton's history and you look at him with Drew Brees, you know that, yes, he's going to want to throw the ball downfield without any question, but he is going to make sure that there are completions for Russell Wilson on every pass drop. So, I don't know what anybody wants to do in fantasy football, but all I can say is there's going to be a couple of his receivers who are going to put up, I think, extremely good numbers. Maybe not in yards per catch. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. But in terms of you know, absolute production, yardage, number of catches, all that, I think he's going to have a couple of guys who are going to be really significant this year. So for people who've looked at at guys like Jerry Judy over the years and said, man, he he needs to do more. Well, he's going to have every chance this year to do more. Well, I mean, it struck me, Peter, Peyton's comments about Nathaniel Hackett and then the Gilligan hats was straight out of the Parcells playbook. And, you know, you yeah. have had many a moon uh, of being on the business end of a, a laser look from Parcells in the Giants Stadium, bowels of Giants Stadium many, many moons ago. Uh, not too many. Um, but that said, it, it seems to me Peyton thought the Broncos maybe organizationally needed just a swift kick in the ass, Peter. What's your sense? Totally, Do you think? totally agree. He came in and he was, uh, he was totally intent on making sure that uh, all men are created equal. And there wasn't going to be what Russell Wilson had last year. Not to say he still doesn't have a little office or you know expanded cubicle or something in the in the building because he studies a lot in the building. But I think the special treatment for Russell Wilson, I think he thought went out of control. And I remember talking to him in the off season and him kind of verbally rolling his eyes when we were talking about the fact that he was having his own walkthroughs with his offensive players last year during training camp mm. before practice even began. And that's just not something that's going to fly with, uh, you know, with Sean Payton. We will see. Boy, a few minutes left with Peter King here from NBC Sports Football Morning in America. All right, so final week of preseason football. Give me the team we're not talking about enough. You know what the national conversation is right now, Peter, as well as anybody. The name of an NFL team that we are not talking about enough based on your reporting and going around the country. What do you have for me? The the Atlanta Falcons. All right. I think that from uh, from what I saw in my trip to Flowery Branch, 
Uh, I'm not. I, I, I would just say there is no team currently in the NFL with as many weapons that can really do a lot of damage as this team. And uh, and I just think everybody is saying, hey, Bijan Robinson. Oh my God, I I had something in my column this week, Rich, about baseball players playing fantasy football. I went and interviewed uh, uh, Joe Musgrave the other day in San Diego at a Padres game, yeah. and he was telling me that his buddy Jeff Bagwell uh, picked uh, B. John Robinson third overall in his draft, the high roller draft, and I said, man, you know, be careful. Arthur Smith has a lot of mouths to feed in Atlanta. And he's going to be good about getting a lot of them the ball, but he's not eliminating Cordero Patterson. He's not eliminating Kyle Pitts, who's had a great training camp. Uh, Tyler Algier, thousand-yard rusher last year. Drake London, you know, play inside or outside. This is a team with weapons. Listen, if if Desmond Ritter is a B minus quarterback, they got a heck of a chance to dethrone you know everybody and go worse to first in the NFC South. Wow! If you're interviewing baseball players about fantasy football, you got to get a you got to get to Tommy Pham or Jock Peterson, man. Like that's the one. Or you have to, or you got to or you got to speak to Musgrave. Like, are we Tommy all aware Pham. about the fantasy wire stuff here? Because we can't be slapping each other around. Like that's the sort of thing you should. Yeah, I, I might, I might, I might be, I might be a little afraid of Tommy Pham. Quite honestly. Well, you saw, you definitely saw it's pretty high strung dude. <laughs> that's right. All right, and the player. Give me the give me the name of the player. Uh, or screw it, quarterback. Give me the name of a quarterback we're not talking about enough entering this season, Peter, based on your roaming the well, country. What do you got? You know, the other day the other day I was around, I spent the day around the Saints in, in uh, Costa Mesa uh, in their joint practices. And look, that was an ugly, ugly end to the Derek Carr experiment mm-hmm. in, in Vegas. Mm-hmm. And uh, had a long conversation with Dennis Allen and some of their guys, and they they just think that they have got a a gem who's going to play really really well with a bunch of really good weapons. And and to me, I just think like of of all the interesting little scenarios, you know, you remember what Derek Carr was able to do with Darren Waller, well. There's a tight end for the Saints right now named Juwan Johnson. Played pretty well last year. Juwan Johnson, I think, I'm not saying he's going to be Darren Waller at his peak in Vegas, but he's going to have a chance to catch a lot of footballs because that offense is going to be very tight end friendly in New Orleans. So, I don't know, maybe maybe Derek Carr, we'll see. Well, Carr definitely has a chip on his shoulder. I mean, maybe the largest yep. shoulder chip there is in the NFL. For sure, based on the way things ended in Vegas, him talking about his wife crying. He even had, he even was said something about you know a, referred to his shoulder chip when he was in Vegas during the Pro Bowl Skills Challenge. You know when he was just hitting every target, and he basically was talking about how well I guess you know not good enough for here. I, I mean you you know that that's that's for sure. Well, but look, Rich, I guess I I guess I would say this in defense of Josh McDaniels and the Raiders. Mm-hmm. You know, first of all, Derek Carr disappeared for the last two weeks of the season. 
And I doubt sincerely, I doubt sincerely that was with Josh McDaniel's blessing. Okay? So that's one thing. The second thing is he didn't throw for over 315 yards in any game last year. In the first game that Jarrett Stidham plays against the best defense the Raiders faced all year, he threw for 360. So I, I understand that Derek Carr is unhappy. And I saw him the other day, and I think one day he's going to have a lot to say he's not, about what happened there. But not right now. But I, I also think, you know, look, the performance, for whatever reason, was a lot lower than everybody saw it. And if you watch that Steelers game, I think that was Christmas Eve. You watch that Steelers game, you say, I I think McDaniels was totally justified in benching. Well, but, I mean, you know, we'll see. If you watch that Steelers game, you'll be marveling at the play-by-play call. That's for sure, because, <laughs> you know. I, been on Christmas Eve, baby. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, I was there. I was in the booth, and I couldn't believe that, you know, a car threw the interceptions and had no idea, though, that he'd be sent home. But so are you saying that that car being sent home, you know, was was his own doing? Or I don't think he benching? got I mean, look, my gut feeling is all I'm saying is mm-hmm. I don't I would I do not know what happened, Rich. Right. I would just be surprised if the Raiders sent him home. OK, I and that would surprise me because, you know, you're trying to win the last two games, whether you're going to make the playoffs or not. Right. And Derek Carr had great knowledge of that offense. And I think, I just think, Josh McDaniels would have thought, well, you know, if he is of a right mind, he could help Jared Stidham prepare for this game. And and he wasn't there. So Hmm. maybe one day we'll find out exactly what happened. Peter, you are the man. Let's talk uh, in another couple weeks. Love reading your stuff and always chopping it up with you. Thank you, Peter. Thanks a million, Rich. You take care. The man, Peter King, Hall of Famer, at Peter underscore King, must follow right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Can I ask a question? Of course I can. I got the microphone here. But here, I'm going to ask the question. (laughs) (laughs) Does it feel to you guys that a ton of teams are like, we've got a shot this year. We're vastly improved. We're really better. And we feel like we can make a run with fill in the blank. That there's more of those teams this year than in previous years, where you could make a case. Him saying Atlanta, don't sleep on Atlanta. Last year, if you heard that, you'd say what? Mariota <laughs> yeah, with Atlanta. Not, not with you know who's going to run it? Who's going to throw Nicole, it? So we've slept on the probably now with Mariota. You know what I mean? New Orleans last year, really. So Just another you, one. I don't know. Bears. Out? Bears. Bears this year. Exciting. Really? Bears this year. You could make a case. So you this, can. So De- this, Denver. Denver. Last who, year, you're like, okay. Can't win this Even I last year was just like, I need to see it with Russ right. before I need to see it. Sean Payton's like, I'm going to take my right foot, and I'm going to place it in a spot where I can break it off. <laughs> you know? So who are we eliminating before week one? I don't, I don't, I'm, I, I'm not prepared to do that. I'm, I'm not intending to do that because oh, okay. I understand your stance there because, and that's always our default position here on this show is if you put one in, you got to take one out. 
I understand that. I was just saying. I'm I, not putting anything. I'm just saying. I was. I was even saying just like 500. I don't know. I mean, you could even, and I'll go higher register. You could even say the Texans like Will Anderson and let's just say that Damian Pierce and Nico Collins and C.J. Stroud. You can make cases. You can make cases that they're going to be gonna better. Five hundred? No, I, I mean, who knows? You never know. D'Amico Ryan's could coach his head off. They're probably already buying what he's selling. I don't know. I'm just saying that the number of times you're hearing, don't sleep on this team. Don't sleep on that team. It just appears that there's a better case for a lot more teams this year than last. Although, I know you would think the Rams don't have much of a shot, and last year coming in, we were getting ready for a banner raise here. So, there are some where you might not feel that way, but it does appear, I don't know. When you said Atlanta, I wasn't thinking about that, but you can make the case. I would say there's about five teams who probably have no shot, and then everyone else is kind of like, all right, you never know. You got to go higher register. Yeah. Take a break. 844-204-RICH. Number to dial. Overreaction Monday. Your phone calls and more. Joe Latrulio coming in here. We'll talk about the 49er quarterback situation and what we saw over the weekend when we also come back. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers. Roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices make sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests were is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed We've been promising him, and he is here. Actor Paul Rudd, who is now here in full Kansas City Royals white baseball uniform with the special gold trim. It's his opening day gear. <laughs> wow. And a Royals hat. No glove. And, <laughs> no glove. <laughs> Run on the back, 42. <laughs> and are those, are those shades from the the... They're from Carl Lagerfeld. <laughs> is this Kansas City Royals issued? Did you get the, I mean, because you got the belt, you've got, got the, the shoes, do you got, have the stirrups? You I have stirrups. Okay. I have stirrups. I, uh, I forgot to pack them. <laughs> 
Where did TSA stop you? Just said, yeah, yeah. yeah. You yeah, can't you go can't, with the no. royal blue stirrups. Not allowed to take uh, toothpaste. <laughs> <laughs> if you'd only put it in the plastic yeah, bag. Yeah, bottled water uh, and, uh, and stirrups. Well, tell is, everybody how, who, who sent you this. Tell everybody. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. yeah, go ahead. The jersey? Yeah. My mom. Your mom sent it to you. My mom sent it to me for That's my birthday. Okay. Come on, man. Thanks, Mom. Isn't that great? Yeah. Walking around. I just, yeah, just walk around the studio space. Explore the studio space. There's Paul Rudd right behind me with the uh, the sunglasses. Just, just freak people out. Is there? Can we raise? Can we raise the uh, the? Sh- I guess the, sure. the blinds here. So there's Paul. Paul just going back there. Just walk into the cafeteria like that and see what happens. There he is, just staring at people as they're going about their business on the campus here at AT&T in his full-on white Kansas City Royals jersey. Does this right af- affect the flair? Yeah, this is this is a flare situation, but there you go. People are looking right in there and saying, wow, what is Paul Rudd doing? Just chilling out there. There you go. Get down there, Paul. Right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Uh, it was way back in the day, way back in the day, one of many Paul Rudd appearances. Back here on our show, sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk, furnished by my friends at Grangers for supplies and solutions just call clickranger.com or just stop by for solutions for every possible industry. Okay, listen to me. It's a Monday, in case you don't know. It's <laughs> yeah. time for Overreaction Monday. Hey, hit it. That was terrible. That was crap. That was garbage. This place sucks. Overreaction Mondays. Monday. Christopher, what do you have over there, sir? Go hey for guys. it, please. How's it going? Everybody I'm great. Dry. We're great. Hey, Chris. We're great. We survived, man. No earthquake the today. Earthquake. No hurricanes today. Earthquake was nuts. What do you got? Okay. Here's the deal. I watched the Seahawks, some of the Seahawks game over the weekend. Uh-huh. I'm actually kind of feeling what Peter King said. Jackson Smith in Jigba. He's going to lead all rookies in receiving yards this year. <sighs> uh, I don't think that's an overreaction. I mean, if you're going to have me. Problem is, he's third on the depth chart. I mean, the overreaction would be that Jathan, Jackson Smith and Jigba, you know, would finish top 10 in the uh, for all wide receivers this year in certain categories. I mean, the, the, the benchmark is Olave's 1,000 yards last year or Garrett Wilson's records from last year that had him be the offensive rookie of the year. That's what it is. Certainly, you know, I'll I'll say it, you know, wide receivers from the Ohio State University keep setting the the bar. Yeah, they do. And then this one will be set, and we're all expecting Marvin Harrison Jr. to take the bar and just break it in half when he comes in. So, um, you know, I, I, I see what I see in the NFL. And obviously, let's see if Michael Thomas... Now... You know, the one overreaction is that he will lead all of the Ohio State receivers that I just, pardon, the Ohio State receivers I just mentioned in touchdowns or receiving yards or whatever. Now that's the overreaction. But him leading all rookies, you know, uh, I, I he was the first one off the board in the draft. Remember, it was, it was a long time so we saw a receiver come off the board. So I'll say that's not an overreaction. Jordan Addison, Quentin. No, Jordan I know, Rose. and they all went. They all went in a row. Zay Flowers. I understand. Flowers, I get it. I got a feeling about Jordan Addison. I've said that over and over. Yeah, you like Jordan Addison? Well, he's going to get the opportunities because everyone's going to be on the other side of the field, making sure yeah. Justin Jefferson yeah. doesn't Plus do I'm anything. A little biased. He went to pit and he sat in that chair next to you. So, Understood. You know, Chris. What else you got over there? Now, I was also watching the Broncos over the weekend. You see who's back? Javante Williams. Oh, back. Baby. Sean Payton said he's hundred percent. He caught four balls. He rushed it a few times. 
I'm going to say Javante Williams, rush for 1,000 yards, comeback player of the year. Oh, well, I can't sit here and know off the top of my head who else would be a comeback player of the year candidate that's in a position to do it. Well, there's no there's no rules anymore because I know because Gino came back from me from from, uh, from lack of opportunities. So. Um, uh, you know what? I'm not going to sit here and say he can't. Uh, I'll, I'll say why not. I'll say why not. We'll, we'll see what he can do if he's what in the Camara role. Is that what we're saying? Which means he's going to be terrific and then have somebody oh, else take the touchdowns. So wow. And then don't forget, call, I taught Sean, Sean Payton. Payton. He'll complain. I taught Sean Payton the term vulturing <laughs> on this program. True story. Because I had Alvin Kamara, and it was Mark Ingram Mark that kept Ingram scoring all the touchdowns. Yeah, and I yeah, taught yeah. him, will you stop having my guy's touchdowns vultured? And his response after hanging the phone up was to send me a photograph of a vulture. <laughs> so I pushed back on the – I noticed you didn't say touchdowns. Thousand yards, thousand and yards. comeback player of the comeback season. So the I'll year. just say, yeah, why not? No, that's that's no feasible. Total. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? What else you got? You know who's balling right now? The Pittsburgh Steelers are balling right now, guys. And there's some weird stuff going on with Cincinnati. We don't know when Joe Burrow's back. New offense in Baltimore, Cleveland, shrug emoji. Steelers, most complete team in the AFC North, oh. will win the division. <laughs> And Tomlin, we trust. This is not an overreaction. This is not an overreaction. This is entirely possible. And anybody that says that's not possible, that Pickett can't make the leap, and Pickens can't make the leap, and that Najee Harris can't do what we've seen him do, and the defense, if TJ Watt stays healthy, good Lord, you can't sit here and say the Steelers have no shot to win this division. Well, uh, I mean, the desert has them fourth out of I got it. Out of four teams. I get it. <laughs> and I understand why you would put the Bengals and the Ravens in front of the Steelers. The Browns still have to show me. They got to show it to me as well. So the Steelers finished strong. The Steelers have a dynamite coach. You can't say that's an overreaction at all. It's entirely possible as we're sitting here 20 days before the Steelers open the season against the 49ers. What a great week one game it is. Yeah, I'll be there. Chris, you're saying that they are predicted to finish fourth in the North right now? Is that yeah. what you're According to the uh, betting odds. Let me tell you what's not going to happen. That? That. Okay, so then who does? Again, uh, if not, you take one out, you got to put one in. Right? Not the Steelers. What, the Browns? I mean, you're not going to have the Ravens finish last, are you? How long is, Joe Burrow, their, how long gonna, is Joe Burrow out? They're going to win their 25th consecutive preseason game tonight, right? Uh, not according to the one of the Washington linemen. Oh, really? <laughs> it said it's the stupidest record of all time. Well, <laughs> and yet, it's still going. It's still going. <laughs> It'll never be broken. Oh, definitely. Not. Well, it's it's definitely the record nobody cares about the most. Yeah. Uh, John Harbaugh is probably literally the only person he, who cares about it. I don't even think he does. He might not even care. Deep down. What do you think? He's going to go for broke tonight? What else, Chris? What else you got over oh, there? Oh, boy. I mean, should we money line that tonight? Oh, my God. Uh, you know who else looked awesome? <laughs> Bajon Robinson. Is that, is that how we say his name? Bajon. 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 According to Mama Robinson, it's Bajon. Bajon. He looked not amazing. Bijan, not like what? mustard. He doesn't care, though. Okay, but, but his mom says it's. Bijan. Well, I'm sure his marketing, uh, yeah. uh, marketing representatives yeah. like call yeah. it Bijan because like that's, Bijan. that's where yeah. we're going to get some mustard. Out of this like thing. me and don't like mustard. Sorry, Chris. Go ahead. Eric Dickerson in 1983, 
Edron James in 1999, Saquon Barkley in 2018. What do those three guys have in common? Rookie running backs with 2,000 scrimmage yards. Bijan will be the fourth. Now, I'll push back on this and say no, because there is more weaponry than him. Yeah, but if he's so awesome, then guess who's not getting the ball? Anyone else? The other guys. Okay. I'll just say that's an overreaction just out of the mere fact that we haven't seen it too often. And, uh, you know, we'll need to see it. I can't put anything past him. I can't say it's impossible. Right. But I'll just pull a what's more likely in our overreaction Monday and finally push back on you. What else, Chris? But Chris, it would be like Algier and, and Cordero like we texted. That well, I mean, they, the straight London, no, Kyle Pitts. and no run whatsoever. Uh, so. What else, Chris? When a guy's that good, you just give him the ball. I know. Right? I mean, well, just because sure you must have him in multiple fantasy well, leagues. Well, we do. That is true. Okay. Well, we have him in the best ball league. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> By the way, did Chris, Try you see that picture of Bijan we popped up there? He looks like Buff Bagwell yeah, in that picture. He is the man. He's going to be amazing this year. You know who's not going to be amazing this year? Oh, Sorry gosh. to say. Oh, God, who? Well, you want to push back, so I'm going to give you something to push back on. Uh, the Carolina Panthers are going to really struggle this year. They're going to be back in the top five of the 2024 NFL. I will push back on that, sir. Because they don't look good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been watching the games? I know their O-line does not look good. That's for sure. I get it. Okay. I'll say that's an overreaction. Okay, great. I'm not going to sit here and say that they're top five in the draft. The reason why they were top five in the draft last year is because they traded into it, Chris. Right. And now they're going to be... They're going to earn. They're going to earn their spot. Yeah, they're going to earn the top. Oh, I'll say no. <laughs> I like their coach. I think Bryce Young is going to struggle like every other rookie, but might be perform very well. He might get his. I like Miles guy. Sanders. Don't forget, you know, uh, Thielen is. We're hooked on Thielen there as well. Thielen, you. Man, they have one I of the best it. pass rushers in the National Football League, and Brian Burns. They're not. They. They Can he play left tackle. I got it. What else, Chris? What Look, else you got? Panthers fans should feel good because last year I said the Seahawks were going to be in the top five. Uh, all right, last one. With Perry at an all-time high, no division in the NFL will have more than two playoff teams. Huh. <laughs> no division will have more than two playoff teams. So last year we saw the NFC East have three. That's right. How, how, how often have we seen three Playoff team, you see, you don't have the stats, do you? I don't have the stats, but what I'm saying is, is that Dolphins, Bills, it's possible it has Dolphin, happened Dolphins, Bills, the Jets. first two years of the seven, okay. right? Steelers, Ravens, seven, Browns, Bengals. Seven teams make it. I'm saying only two per division this year, so that means one of Raiders, Chiefs, Chargers, Broncos. Two of those don't make it. Two of the Bills, Dolphins, Patriots, Jets don't make it. Okay. TJ thought all four North teams could make it. Guess what? Only two. I'll push back and say this is an overreaction, and let's see how it goes. You want to call your division? That has the three? Yeah. AFC East. <laughs> I mean, I laugh, but you... That's laugh not, off? That's <laughs> a, I, I laugh, but like, that's not a bad pick, actually. <laughs> it's not a bad pick. Yeah, I think yeah. one comes from the South. Potentially, how about this? How about one comes from the West? The AFC West. <laughs> Just one? That's Now that's spicy. That's hot. That's a hot take. It is. I'm just giving you a scenario. And two comes be... from the north, or one comes from the north, and two comes from the west, three comes from the east, and one comes from the south. One from the north would be pretty surprising. All right, so two from the north. I'm not... No, no, two from the west. They're calling your shot. All right. I'm, I don't I'm know. Saying, I'm just... saying no. I'm saying we're going to – you know, everyone's going to be 9 and 8, 10 and 7. 
Two, no more than two. Or one comes from the yeah. Two comes from the NFC West. One comes from the North from the NFC. Three comes from the East. Okay, I'll just push back. You asked for what? I, I you know, I'm I didn't. For I don't back. have the numbers in front of me. I gave you my first blush reaction. Say that's an overreaction. But it's fascinating. I can't wait. This is going to actually start playing out. Good stuff. Overreaction Monday yeah. will come to you in podcast form starting. Um, I don't know where we're going to start. Maybe we're going to start uh, next week. I think we, we were going to do some. Uh, I don't know. Kind of we spitballing? Se- we're going to do some. I've got to call well, up we our friends at Cumulus. Season long. You think we'll start? Okay. We'll I know, we'll I know what we're going to do. I know what we're going to do. I know what we're going to do. Predictions. I'm not going to announce it here, but the bottom line is you should go <laughs> find Overreaction Monday where you get all your podcasts and hit the subscribe button. And then What the Football every Tuesday with Susie and Amy Trask. Um, I really where you get you all your podcasts. Yeah, that was close. I was like, What the Football <laughs> is what it's, it's called. Every time. What so, the Football. So that's the official name. Didn't they have a different name originally? Something no, about no. I don't cream? know what you're talking about. What the football? That's what it's called. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. When we come back, the 49er quarterback situation. Top of hour number three, I have the top five best performances of preseason week number two. With all apologies to the commanders and Ravens who wrap that week up tonight. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep. Because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So Sleep Number helps me. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, Five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. So you were referring, Chris, to uh, Bryce Young's first two preseason outings. Um, Not what one would write home about, correct? The Jets yeah, quickly, and Giants quickly, quickly both have, yeah. uh, have um, yeah. had their way. Um, and the question about Bryce Young coming in to the combine, despite him playing tall in Alabama, was his height, right? Five foot ten. And the weight. I don't know if you saw this over no. the weekend. This made I the did, rounds. I did, I did see it. <laughs> Post-game press conference being set up in MetLife for Carolina. An individual working for the Giants, setting up the microphones, caught on camera saying this. How's this? I'm 5'9". So he, he, this won't block him? Oh, gosh. Okay. 
Oh, I'm sorry. Oh. Well, the Dipsy 59510 is huge. Oh, man, I did not see that. I thought you were referring to no. the sideline photo of a guy who was like 6'8 and the dude next, no. next to the 5'6 No, guy. like he's Bryce Young's walking in the room. <laughs> oh my God, guy's so like, I'm 5'9, this won't block him. And he's just oh. like, the difference between 5'9 and 5'10 is huge, and he gets up there. That is awkward. I did not see that. He did look a lot taller than Dude, the guy. <laughs> you could fit in that chair. You could fit in that chair. He's, so. got the, he's got the hair going. I mean, that helps make you look a little taller. Yeah, he definitely looked more than an inch taller oh, than him. I'm boy. sorry. Uh. Oh, caught me in a lie. There we go. Sorry, my bad. He was like, oops. <laughs> Yikes. There you go. Look, look, man, you can't choose your height. He's 5'10", everybody. With cleats on 5'11". There you go. Back here on the Rich Eisen (laughs) Show, 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Nathan in L.A., let's take your phone call. What's up, Nathan? You there, Nathan? Good to talk to you guys again. What's up? What's up? Uh, I wanted to impress or talk about what I think is the most intriguing matchup in week one, which you kind of brought up, which is the Niner-Steeler matchup. Oh, gosh, yes. And part of the reason I say it is because of the quarterback matchup. You're looking at the first quarterback taken last year and the last quarterback taken last year, and obviously famously the last player. I have a feeling the NFL may pay particular attention to the fate of these two individuals, and it might affect how they evaluate the position going forward. I just have a suspicion that it may be unfair because Purdy has more weapons around him, but if he if he you know succeeds at a greater level or per, or a greater pace than Pickett does, it may re- cause teams to reevaluate uh, when and how, I don't know about you know, re- pick quarterbacks. I don't know about reevaluating. I I just think it's just a uh, potentially, and thank you for the call, greatly appreciate it, with all due respect to everyone else, may wind up being the first of matchup between two guys. They're going to have to face each other once every, what, four years or in the Super Bowl uh, that turn out to be the best quarterbacks of the class of 2022. That's the way this can turn out. And it's a fascinating week one matchup because it's the Steelers and the 49ers, two incredibly passionate fan bases. Whenever we talk about those teams on this show, the numbers, we see it. Mm -hmm. And obviously, you also have the quarterback matchup, as we said, and it's Brock Purdy and the 49ers back in the state of Pennsylvania. And we all know what happened the last time they were there. It was their last game, and Purdy got hurt. And we will see how Purdy looks. And boy, he better be on his P's and Q's because the Steelers will go hunting. And the Steelers are feeling, rightfully so, based on last year's finish, really good about themselves. Now, I thought it was really wise, and even though I started the show by saying, keep Aaron Rodgers in bubble wrap, we don't need to see him, but he's on, you know, the back nine, if you will heading towards the clubhouse of his career. 
and Purdy, um, he needs he needs the time. You can base it. You can make the case Sam Darnold needs the least amount of reps out of these quarterbacks that are vying for the gig. So uh, Purdy got in to the preseason game. He started it this past weekend. Four or five, sixty-five yards. He looked like Brock Purdy. This is what he had to say after the game. Felt really good just to be out there with the guys in a, a game environment. Um, obviously, just get the nerves out a little bit. Um, just the build up to a game and everything, and then being able to, you know, get an early completion to, to Debo and get things rolling. So it felt really good, you know, be able to get out there and drive and um, honestly just be in a game, you know, environment, like I said. So, yeah, I'm excited about it. Should be. Got broke the sweat. He looks good, looks healthy. Led to a field goal by Jake Moody. Moody. University of Michigan. Moody? He wound up winning the game. More on that in a second. Here is Kyle Shanahan on Purdy. I thought he did real good. I mean, all the plays that he had, he he made, and uh, I don't think he had a bad one. You know, in that sack, that wasn't uh, – we busted a protection, and well, we'll see if he could have done anything about it and got rid of it. You always try your hardest to get rid of it because once you get sacked there, it's tough to score, but um, it don't look like there was much you could do live. He's got to be psyched. I mean, he's just got to be psyched. Purdy looks ready. He looks healthy. He looks ready. He looks in rhythm. Man, you couldn't you couldn't say that <laughs> six months ago. Don't forget, week one, September 10th, exactly six months to the day he had surgery mm-hmm. on his throwing elbow. March 10th, September 10th. Six months. They said he'll be back in six. He's back in earlier than that. What a sigh of relief. No, you could sit here and say, but he got Darnold. He got Lance. So what's the big, you know, boy, no, this is the guy. This is the guy. They saw it. They believe it. They feel it. The rest of the locker room feels it. That's the guy where the seventh round last pick in the draft contract with two years left on it before you redo it. My gosh, you have a window. And they got to pay Nick Bosa in the next yeah. couple days. They got to pay a bunch of guys. This is exactly the guy they want. And he looks good. Question is, is who's after? Darnold, um, he played five series for Darnold. Um, he had a pick, and so did Lance. But Lance led the game-winning drive. Say what you will, okay, against a, a bunch of, what, bartenders and whomever you want to say that? Truck drivers. Or whatever, you know. Yeah. Had to do it. And he made some good throws. He threw a pick that was pretty brutal, but... He did set up the game winner, and they won it. This is what Shanahan had to say about Trey Lance. Did Trey, how did he handle this game? Did you feel like he was a little bit more relaxed and more comfortable from the, from the start? Um, it seemed like it. I mean, I think always when you don't go three and out, it helps, you know. And um, so I think we got a little bit of better rhythm for him. It still took a little bit while to get going, not just him, but the whole group. I thought we were a little sloppy throughout the whole game um, way too many penalties um, seemed like when we did get some stuff going especially there in the second quarter um, we, it seemed like we always had a penalty or missed assignment so um, I thought it was smoother than last week but um, by no means were we pumped about it I was pumped how we finished pumped about the win some good things but still got a lot to do to clean up he did get Jake Moody in position to win it and Moody boy that was a, that was a little close for comfort went right over that right up right hmm. they beat the Broncos hey here's so here it is Boy, we've been talking about this for months. Here it is. One more preseason game left. Then they open up against the Steelers. 
I don't know if you play Purdy again. I would sit him. I would sit him. You've, you, you gave him his reps. We're good. We're good. You saw what he looks like. I. This is my two cents. If you play him again, cup of coffee, and honestly, before that cup even gets cold, he's out. Because that's the guy. That's the guy. And then, man, is this a coin flip or what? I, I still think it's going to be Darnold just by the mere fact of how much experience he has. But maybe it does come down to the last preseason game. And the preseason game actually does tell the tale. Doesn't seem like he's thrilled with Trey Lance at the moment. Well, I mean, but... Just based on tone of voice. But he also heard last week he was pushing back on this whole notion, you know, of people getting on Lance and he doesn't deserve it. I mean, I I, I, I don't want to read anything into it. That's just a press conference moment there. I, I One thing's for sure is they're not trading him. No. They're, he's not going anywhere. I mean, that was a conversation, too. It's like, hey, if he doesn't win the backup job, maybe you flip him for a draft. No way. Right. He's there, and it's coming down to it. But the headline is Purdy is the guy, and he looks healthy, and you couldn't say that until you saw it, and I think we've seen it. Joe Latrulio in studio, hour number three, and my top five performances of the second preseason week coming up. Rich, you said they're not going to trade him unless Don Vito makes them an offer that they can't well, refuse. Well, but, but there's no reason to. What, like, what's the offer that is somebody really going to offer more than a third-round pick for the guy? I, I can't even imagine. There's no reason to trade him. This team has seen too much. I, I don't even think that's even part of the conversation now. I think it's interesting just in terms of the Bengals, and you look at how they're handling Joe Burrow. Not playing, not out there, not saying when he's coming back. Purdy, six months on the dot, he's out there playing, he's throwing because and he's, around. Because he's, he's healthier than Joe Burrow. And, and Joe, Joe had, man, you can't mess with those soft tissue injuries. That's the guy's arm. I, but he's you been surgically I mean? like, repaired. He's gone through the rehab. He's He's gone through these but, moments. But they say that injury was six to nine months, and six months on the dot, he's going to be starting week one. He God, looks it's good. It's kind of interesting. How, I know. At least they just they got him to break a sweat. That's all they need. It's all they need. They have just got to be so psyched about that. Breathe a sigh of relief. Because they've got it all. McCaffrey, Kittle, Ayuk. It's been health. With, it's been health with them the last few yes, years. Yes, and yeah. it looks like they are healthy going into Pittsburgh. What a friggin' game that is for week one. Oh man. Early window. Let's hope it doesn't rain. Yeah, I know, because that happened in Chicago last year, <laughs> right, and it, it right. kind of threw some uh, sand yeah, in the gear there. Yeah, for sure. Hour number three coming up right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Don't you dare move.